0: All right. Thanks to everybody who made it out. Uh, thank you to Dan for taking some time here for us. Um, Dan, I'm gonna unmute you so that you'll be able to uh, jump in whenever you feel like it. Uh, okay. Thank you, man, so much for doing this.
1: No, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: I was not able to hear you there. Where can you? That's turn- okay. Oh, there you go. Now I can
1: hear you. No, I was going to say thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to speaking with you.
0: Awesome, man. Um, Well, I'm super excited about this. Uh, We have some people here who wanted to be able to jump on and listen, but then after we uh, chat, I'll put it up as a podcast, and then the whole world can absorb all the amazing, perfect things that we have to say. (laughs) Sure. Um, Well, I was super excited to do this for a few reasons. One was... um, you know, I train jiu-jitsu. I've only been doing jujitsu for about three years. Mm-hmm. And I train at the Marcelo Garcia Academy. And that's also uh, a, a space that Dan spends a lot of time at. Um, and for those of you who don't know, if you don't practice jujitsu, especially if you're not in New York City or whatever, um, in the world that I, you know, maneuver around in jiu-jitsu, Dan is somebody who is uh, almost mythical, I would say uh, for a few different reasons. Um, people talk a lot about his work ethic, um, about his skill, about his technique, um, about him as a teacher and and also just as as a person. Um, anyone you kind of cross paths with at the school that I go to, if you mention uh, you know oh who who's the guy around here who's the person? It's always Dan is the name that comes up, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know that's amazing. You know, it's, it's, it, I think everybody hopes that they have that respect somewhere, someplace down the road. Um, on a, a more personal level, um, Dan, and I spent a lot of time. Dan, it's all right. That's all right. Dan and I are not people who have spent a lot of time actually having conversations. We've really only crossed paths in the locker room, like in between classes, um, but always like really friendly. Um, hey, how's your gym doing? How's your program going kind of stuff? Um, but it's always really quick because classes are changing over. But after we put out a, uh, a notice that you know our, our gym was gonna be shutting down the physical space permanently, I received a lot of really nice messages. And Dan was someone who sent me a personal message through the Facebook messenger saying, hey, I saw that your gym had to close. I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, if there's any way I can help or support, let me know. And I was just, you know, really touched by that because like I said, this is somebody who I haven't spent a lot of time talking with. Um, But I also wrote him back not too long later saying, thank you, actually, yes, I'd love to have you on for this uh, podcast thing that I've been doing. So uh, I I would love to take you up on an offer to to chat a little bit. Um, So we're really lucky. I think that Dan has a lot to say about being a teacher, about practicing. And um, I want to get into that. And if we have some time at the end, uh, anybody who's here will also be able to, to jump on and, and ask some questions. Cool?
1: Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Um, so I want to just start where we're both kind of at. You know, uh, you're somebody who's been doing jujitsu, I think, for like 18 years or so. Last week we had somebody on who's a dancer and an acrobat, a capoeirista, and he does jujitsu as well as part of his practice. And he said that the reason he was drawn into jujitsu. Um, is because it's a different way of communicating. And he's interested in lots of different realms of like communication. So I'm curious if you can talk a little bit about just that idea of of jujitsu being a way of communicating, uh, whether it's through play or whatever, and also maybe some other places that you go to to experience communication in different ways.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't ever, I don't think... I ever thought of jujitsu as so much as communicating with anybody or or a form of communication, but I think that's a it's a really good perspective for it. Um, you know, you hear people discuss when they talk about martial arts as a way to express themselves, uh, as a stress reliever, as hobby, as you know, fill in the blank. It's a lot of things to a lot of people. Communication is really, really something I would have to think about too to consider how communication is. But yeah, you do communicate quite a bit because not only just from the physical standpoint and the actual verbal discussions that people have with one another, you get to discuss and absorb and share different types of philosophies and exercise and movement and lifestyle. I think it's a really good way to communicate how lifestyle can contribute to benefiting you allowing you to have a voice in a world that you may feel kind of shut up. This is a very difficult endeavor for everyone that's ever done it. You know, most people understand that combat sports is strenuous. It's strenuous for a litany of reasons, the time consumption that it takes to get good, mm-hmm. um, that physical effort, the emotional and mental effort that goes into it and being really consistent is extremely important as well. So finding that and using that as a way to communicate to other people that, hey, look, I really do have a lot to offer the world. Or maybe you're in a position in your life where school is not your thing or work, whatever type of work you're doing is not necessarily your passion. Um, You can find this this meaning combat sports, jujitsu in particular, as a way to be like, hey, like this is what I do, and I do it well, and it embodies everything that I enjoy about being alive. And I think that goes, I wouldn't say understated, because I think a lot of people do discuss that to a certain. Rep. It fills a lot of gaps in people's lives. But I think if you looked at it from a From the you know the perspective of communicating, I think it does really project communicates to people outwardly that hey, I do work really hard at something. There is something really valuable, and I hold in high esteem in my life, and the people that are involved in it mean a lot to me. And everybody that does do this, they have a certain level of ability to humble themselves to be able to consistently come into a room that's very difficult. It's very difficult. I think that's why people are drawn to it. And many people have said that combat sports is difficult. That's why they enjoy it. I just don't think enough people that don't do it realize how true that statement is. Mm -hmm. And I think that is really something that people want to communicate with it. It's like, listen, I'm really willing to go to the wall for something, and this is really hard. You should try it. You should try it for a lot of reasons, but I think you really should try it because look it, it, you get to express yourself in a manner that other people don't get to you hear people talk about you know skydiving and things like that or playing music live it feels like they're flying they're free like a, a true sense of it in the in regards of hey i can't flat my arms and take off right. but i can do this and it gives me a sense of command that i wouldn't normally have in my day-to-day life mm-hmm. and, and that's a i think that's a really a really profound effect on a lot of people and I think communicating the world that if you look at it through that lens mm-hmm. is a really good way to consider it yeah like, most people don't consider it that way because I know I sh- I certainly hadn't and I and like you said I've been doing jujitsu in and of itself for almost 20 years now I've been in combat sports since I was six mm-hmm. so I've been doing this literally my whole entire life and I don't think that ever really came across my my you know, thought process ever is communication per se, but it's a really great way to look at it.
0: Hey, I mean, maybe part of it is like you said, I mean, you've been doing it since you were a little kid. So it's a language that you've been speaking for a long time, right? Yeah. Sure. Um, you talk a lot about like, uh, you mentioned the word humble a lot. And I, I, I really believe that there's, um, there's this issue, at least in our culture, where people avoid that feeling of being humble. They avoid that feeling of like failure um, and I think that there's something in jujitsu that is, is super valuable there. And I think that's something that it's not just the discomfort people seem to avoid. It's a lot of that feeling of, uh, of, 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 failure that they're kind of almost like led to believe nowadays that failure means that you've lost when failure is the beginning of winning.
1: Yeah, I, you're hundred percent right. I, in everything you just said, And Value to most people mm-hmm. is fatal in a lot of ways. They feel like it, it wounds their pride in a way that's that they can't overcome. Like it's some sort of like insurmountable thing that is just too much. They can't handle it. They're too much. They're too good. They're too good at winning. Why would they go about their day-to-day life and then go, hey, like let me accept something in my life that is going to require a whole bunch of you know humility and regardless of the end benefit of it, they're just like, no, that's too much. That's okay. not worth, that, it's not worth it. And I'm not sure why people, why people, even in particular, successful people would you. but I will say this, I find a lot of successful people, with, you know, what society, especially Western society, would, would measure any metric, they enjoy jujitsu, mm-hmm. And I find that really fascinating because I think there's, there's something to be said for that. People who are successful, in you can measure it any way you want, mm-hmm. I think people accept that there is a certain level and a certain amount of failure that comes along with being successful. There is no one that just goes, hey, I'm great at this. And even the people who have a propensity to be really good at something still find that there's a lot of roadblocks. Whether they're good at that, maybe they're not really good at being consistent at something. So they have a really good ability to be, And I'm sorry I'm moving around. These dogs of mine are just maniacs today, so I apologize. Um, uh, But they they may not be good at being like, hey, I'm really consistent at something. So the consistency is a real real challenge for them. And they find that they fail at being someone people can count on, even though they're really talented at something. Mm -hmm. In this, you have to be consistent. I don't have to explain it to you, but for people that don't train jiu-jitsu, don't do things that require like a level of of timing
0: mm-hmm.
1: like jujitsu does mm-hmm. it, it it takes it takes a lot it takes a lot so for people that have to find that level of like hey i can i can really be i can permit myself to not be good at something for a while and yeah. get better at it and allow myself to get better at it whether it's the technique itself or being consistent or the effort and like and i tell people constantly the people that amaze me are the ones that don't do just jujitsu for their livelihood or just their only outside activity. It's the people that, hey, I got a working you know, nine to five, I got a really demanding job, I have a family, I have children, I have all these other things on my plate, but I still find it really important in my life to show up to this. And they're fighting against all of those perceived failures in their life. Like I don't want to not spend enough time with my spouse and my kids and I don't want to slack at work and I don't want to shirk my other responsibilities in life. So they're always balancing that too. In addition to being like, hey, I got to show up and still be consistent as I can with this. Yeah. Um, it, it goes a long way. Those, those, that type of situation, those people are willing to kind of go like, yeah, I'm going to stumble. I'm not going to be perfect. Yeah. But I'm so it's so worth it. Yeah. It, it's really, really amazing.
0: Well, you know, it's like I always talk about um what I call like counterculture activities. And counterculture activities are are they're not the mainstream because they're things that demand an element of failure or a legitimate element of education to develop. Like I think of surfing, skateboarding, rock climbing, and jujitsu to me falls in that category. Movement that, that oh, yeah. I teach. Like there are all these things where it's like, there's multiple barriers to entry and things build on top of one another. And you know, these are the important qualities. And I think that people often get caught up on like the physicality of jujitsu or the physicality even of surfing. And they think like, oh, those things are more closely related to like what happens in like a regular gym, like whatever, pick the thing, boot camp class, Zumba, or whatever. When in reality, those things are much more closely related to things like chess or learning an instrument right because like yeah. these were something like jiu-jitsu is educational it's not just like
1: physical yeah it requires a lot of gray matter you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> there there is there is a lot to that uh, there's a lot to that and without saying i think when discussing this i think a lot of people kind of going into the trap of really trying to get philosophical about right. these situations yeah. and it's easy because you know you can you can apply what this meaning this again jujitsu means to you you know like and everyone is different and you hear a lot of war cries about it like Jitsu saved my life it's everything to me it's you know a lot of people again use it to fill in gaps in their life and it's truly meaningful and i think all the things that you just mentioned too skateboarding, surfing, skiing, things like that. Those are right right there with it. They all run the same parallel. They're Mm -hmm. very difficult to not only master physically, Mm -hmm. but there's a ton of tangible, you know, brain space used on getting good at it too. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but I think even broader is the concepts, the conceptual part and the principles about getting good at this. Mm-hmm. To then be able to show and explain and help other people get good at it is the really difficult part right. because as you get better yourself physically, you may take things for granted. And this is what I discuss when I talk about teaching mm-hmm. with people. It's like I really have to be mindful of a what am'm teaching you and why, mm-hmm. and b, what's making it successful for me to then find validity in it to to wanna show you it, I can't, it, it gets very easy to be like, hey, I'm a really good competitor, won a lot of stuff, done a lot of things, here, this is what I do. And then you show it to people, and you go, yeah, that's good enough. You really have to kind of humble yourself in that situation and also be conscientious of, I'm gonna have to go back and talk to these people and show them why and why this is important and try to find like ways to connect it in their regular life. So I'm always trying to find like, hey, it's like a teeter-totter. Mm-hmm. And you and, like, and I find myself struggling even doing that sometimes because things that I find that maybe I came across growing up is not things that everyone did growing up. So you're always constantly trying to find a balance where it's like, how do I express this principle or concept to people that it will click in their head? Right. So it does limit that amount of like conscientious thought to them. So it's not so incredibly difficult. mm mm-hmm. To, to just kind of get into it, just getting into it. Like, and that's the thing. I think once people feel comfortable, like, hey, they have some wins in this situation, meaning that they're able to do some techniques and they're like, man, I actually was able to do something today. Yeah. And they understand why they're able to do it. Then re- really, like, it takes off for people. And I think that in and of itself, that that speaks volumes to what you were saying. It's It does take a lot of inept ability to kind of adapt to hey, this isn't just a physical thing. I'm not just going through the steps. You know, I'm not just, saying, yeah, it's a lot of work physically, but, but why does this work? Why does this work, you know?
0: Well, and, 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 and with time, you're, you're, you're developing like artistry, right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. That's a great part about martial arts. It's literally in the name of martial arts, the art part of it. When I discuss with my students and with people I'm trying to help get better at something that they want to cherry pick for my game, I discuss, well, listen, as long as whatever we're doing mm-hmm. is not fundamentally flawed, which is going to put you in a worse space than where we started in the technique, you need to adapt this to your skill set. You need to strip this down, mm-hmm. process what we're doing. Do it the way I'm showing you, just so you start to build some muscle memory and mm-hmm. dexterity and the feel of this. Mm-hmm. And then you have to make it your own. Because your body different, your body type is different than my body type. Mm-hmm. Your strengths physically are different. Your perspective is different. In I mean, terms I mean, of that's the
0: big it. one. Yeah, right? I mean, people are coming in with like, there's all this stuff behind my brain that's like I'm walking in the door with, right? Yeah. That like my experiences, my own information, all this different stuff, and like I'm not seeing anything through your eyes. So it's like you're like you said, it's like I have my perception, so I need to like wrap it around the information now
1: that that I'm receiving from you yeah and finding that thread that thread that 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 you can go from my perspective to that person's perspective Mm -hmm. is the challenge while teaching people right it's Mm -hmm. it's like I can show people a hundred times I'm very fortunate probably one of the only things that I have a photographic memory for is combat sport like I don't need people to really discuss it with me Mm -hmm. they can show it Mm-hmm. and they can do it once or twice and then I can start mimicking it and then I start figuring out a lot of things of my own now don't get me wrong it's much more beneficial if people are discussing it with me we can talk about why they're doing it all the things that I I discussed just a moment ago about why it makes it easier for people to learn if I can find that common ground and analogy in their regular life but it's not easy for everybody so I always am struggling and striving to find that common ground to help people go like it's just like this, or it's just like that. It's just like you already are doing this motion in your life. Have you ever done this before? And they go, yeah. They go, well, it's just like that. But now start to add what makes this easier for you. Whatever makes this technique more applicable to what you're already doing, let's go with it. And then people show you and you go, listen, that's not exactly how I do it, but that looks really close to what we're doing and you modified it for what you need to, to do. Perfect. That's your perfection. And like you said, that's your art part of it. Like you have made it personal yeah. in that sense.
0: It sounds like you've thought a lot about the the teaching aspect. Um, yeah. what, so you said you've been training since you were a kid and you started um, doing jujitsu, I think you said in 2002, I think is what I read when you sent me over your right. stuff. When did you start teaching? Um, And also, I guess, like, why did you decide? This is just like, oh, this is an opportunity to like make some money. Or did you feel early on like, oh, I feel passionate about like exchanging this information with
1: people? Yeah, um, teaching jujitsu, like I have been teaching jujitsu probably since I was a purple belt and everything. So it's like the mid 2000s um, I've been teaching. Um, The reason I wanted to teach is because I really felt like it was a way that would help me help myself understand what I was doing. So the more I taught, the more I had to slow what I was doing down in my brain mm-hmm. to be able to go like, why am I doing this? Why is this successful? Mm-hmm. So it was very selfish to start because there wasn't a lot of money in it, especially as a purple belt to be teaching. There would be people that would pay you private lessons and things like that, but, and you would have like one or two classes you're responsible for mm-hmm. and you were teaching. Mm -hmm. But ultimately it was like, man, this is a really good way to help myself get better. Because if I can't show people why this is effective, I'm not really doing it to the best of my ability, or I'm not really refining it and making it the best it could be. Mm -hmm. So it really started off that, like the duality of it was, yeah, I need to make money doing what I do, Mm -hmm. which was a great opportunity but it was also, Hey, I can really refine what I'm doing because I have to focus on how I'm showing this information to people. Right. And I've made a million mistakes when I've started teaching and I'm really hard on myself is not to say like some kind of like braggadocious way. It's like, I'm very introspective in that way. Like I really want to do as well as I can. And I'm a big believer is I'm responsible for myself and my effort that if nothing else throughout the day, that is what I can hold myself accountable for. There's a lot of variables in life that I'll never be able to control. Mm-hmm. But I can always hold myself accountable to my effort and my mindset and those things that everyone has a good grasp on. It, it took a long time to get just, I don't even know if I am like the, the teacher I think I am in my head because I'm always so constantly, I'm criticizing myself and I am willing to go, listen, this, I'm not showing you this right. Let me like, show you this better. And then I'll think about it. Because the way I teach is I teach in a, in a fashion that we build off of everything that we did the day before. Mm-hmm. So I not only does it give the people an opportunity to keep working on what we were doing, but it also gives me an opportunity to watch everybody as they're doing it. So if there is a collective issue, mm-hmm. I can fix it. Or if I'm watching everyone do it, and I think about it at night, I'm like, man, there's just like, there's something off about this. There's something, either they're not getting it mm-hmm. by the way I'm presenting it, or I can present it in an easier manner. Mm-hmm. And with that, it really has helped me mm-hmm. in addition to helping people. So it's very cyclical in that way. It's helping me financially, it's helping me become better at Jiu Jitsu, and it's also helping me teach people better by teaching yeah. because I am so concerned about being able to do it well and then refine it and then pass it along to them. And I'm constantly trying to refine how I'm presenting the information. Yeah. So it goes a long way.
0: Hey, I mean, that's something I can relate to. I feel like, um, I, I realize I often come across as somebody who like feels pretty confident in like all the things that I say when I'm teaching and, but I'm like you, like every day I'm like, how was that? Did that go good? I'm like, I spend time like going through it. Like my wife, Alexa will take class and I'll go and be like, what was that okay? What, what, what was missing there? What did I, did I say that thing right? You know, it's like, I think people who care about teaching beat themselves up about their yeah. teaching and no one else notices what's going on. Um, and, then 100%. The, and then the other thing you mentioned that is a really interesting point was the way you say you, you started teaching because you wanted to make yourself better at jujitsu by communicating the information. I wish I could remember what book I read it in so I could reference it, but they talked about learning and, you know, if you try to just get somebody to learn something so that they can repeat it and do it, it's like not strong. It's kind of like short-term memory, right? Communicating to somebody, I want you to learn this as if you had to teach it to someone else Mm -hmm. makes it stick in a different way. Sure. And that's also sure kind of the beauty of jujitsu and the beauty of, like I said, these counterculture things is because there's a, because there's a culture around it and there's almost like, like, I don't know, it's almost as if there's elders and the information gets passed down. Yeah. These activities where these conversations are happening and, and information's coming from the top, but then as it trickles down, there's lower levels of teaching happening, right? Mm-hmm. So like even as like a blue belt, you know, I'd be rolling with somebody who's a white belt and I'd be like, oh, hey, when you do this sweep, you should maybe think about it this way. And that's that thing you're talking about where it's like, it's making me better by communicating it to them and they're getting better by receiving some information from somebody who knows this much more.
1: Sure. And that's why when I see my students, you'll hear people go like, well, blue belts are teaching white belts. Like, what kind of mess are they making over there? I, a lot of times when things are happening and and students are helping each other while they're drilling or while they're rolling, mm-hmm. I, I will, Yeah, keep going. Keep telling them why. Keep telling them why. I'm trying to encourage them mm-hmm. to articulate it verbally to somebody or even just show it to them mm-hmm. because I want them to be able to feel that level of confidence grow in what they're trying to share with the person. And I can tell when the person's like, yeah, they're like, yeah, I'm really confident. This works this way. This is why I should be doing it. And you hear them talk. To the other person that way and i'm like yeah i mean like that's what i want you to be able to do because ultimately mm-hmm. and i i say this probably every day at practice i go it's not just about winning tournaments we mm-hmm. all want to be great at what we do in that that measurable and we do events in jujitsu mm-hmm. and it kind of gives you that cachet. be like yeah i'm confident against my peers in this certain regard right mm-hmm. not every great competitor is a great teacher not every great teacher is a great competitor and it goes you know it goes through this whole thing but I think telling people, it's like, listen, I'm not going to be there when you need this the most, mm-hmm. whether it be competing or self-defense or any of the situations, mm-hmm. protecting your loved ones. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be there when it matters the most. You have to understand why you're doing what you're doing so you can do it with confidence. Because if you do anything with confidence,
0: yeah.
1: even if you do it, maybe not to the, to the exact T, yeah, Just that effort alone carries a lot of people through things. And I think that goes, that goes to the fighting spirit of, of martial arts in and of itself. It's like, you need to be confident to a certain level to even do this. And if you're confident enough to do it, and then you're confident enough to help people, it empowers you and it makes you more, it endears you more to it. Mm-hmm. And it just becomes this thing in your life that just keeps giving you more and more. And you can't go without it because it is so beneficial to you in teaching and helping other people again it goes back to what we first started talking about Mm -hmm. Um, like it empowers you in communication with people in the rest of your life might be in disarray Mm -hmm. the fact that you're able to start helping people show them how to do something that you enjoy so much Mm -hmm. becomes a level of communication and it validates all of your effort in your passion for it Mm -hmm. and all of the conscientious thought that you give to this when you're just walking around like i can't tell you how many times people tell me "Like, man i love jujitsu. it's all what i do it's a, and you hear it and you hear amongst the other things that you reference to skateboarders and ski rats and surf bums and all those guys you know all those those terms people get for for falling in love with that but it is pervasive in their life in every manner mm-hmm. and i think that's what people don't take away when they look at someone like that it's like this guy just does jiu-jitsu or something like that and it's very it's very dismissive, but they don't realize how much it actually gives to people in a way that all the other things might not give to them, whether it be you know, their job or whatever else and being able to teach people that and be able to help people. And that's something that you care about so much about, man. It just, it just like it may, like I get so, I get so worked up just talking about, it because I can, I can tell you that's exactly what I like about it every day. Like I like that. I'm able to, to be able to have an impact on someone's life that they enjoy this and they want to do it. And that they tell me that, yeah, it's starting, you know, things are starting to click. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And I find myself teaching and I go, I say all the time, does that make sense? And I say that almost all the time while I'm teaching private lesson. And I find it just to be like um, Bernardo's okay guys type of situation. You know, it's just the tagline that I say now, like, does that make sense? But I'm saying that because I'm really, I'm, I'm really like, just tell me if that doesn't make sense because if it doesn't make sense, I'm going to find a way to convey this information to you so yeah. it makes sense because now I'm now I'm in your head like in terms of like I got to make this right for you because like, I cannot not allow this to be good now. Yeah. And it goes it goes a long way. It goes a long way in people's lives. I
0: think, it, I mean, listen, there are things, you know, when we talk again, we were talking about like a little bit like the rock climbing, the surfing, those are unique, interesting things, but they're like these – they have a culture, but they're these individual activities at the end of the day. Whereas dance and jujitsu, they're they kind of really like attach on to like these like primal instincts that people genuinely have, right? Like yeah. you said you have two dogs, right? Is that what you said? You have the, the dogs. Yeah,
1: I have two dogs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like they grapple each other all the time. Right? They like, they play, they like do this thing, like little kids like play and do things that kind of look like dance. And then it starts to look like fighting and then back to dance and like lots Mm -hmm. of like hands-on and like doing these things. Like this is part of like being human. This is how we like learn how to interact with people. I wrote a blog about how um, Marcelo said his favorite thing about doing jujitsu is that it makes you better at being with people, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're at that. I think that's part of what I was going towards with some of the communication. It's like, it's so intimate. It's so involved. There's so much like reading these nuances, like reading people's eyes, um, making eye contact, which seems like it happens so little now in the world we exist in, right. Like feeling someone's breath, like all like the, the vocalization, like this is all this like primal information that we really are drawn to having. And it's, you know, it's almost odd that now it's like you have to sign up and like go and have these experiences when, like, at other times in history, people would just be like, "Oh, we're just gonna like roll around and fight and kind of like do this thing,
1: like you know, like like your dogs do." Yeah, hundred percent. I I think that I think that's uh, something that people don't really give much credence to when they do discuss it, but it does it does allow you to become part of society on a really like really really original basis like human touch and being able to even before verbal communication i'm sure that there was a time when human beings were walking this planet that they didn't really verbally communicate well Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of it was through body language and as you were saying like people's breath great like and their eye contact in their movements the nuances of everybody and they're very unique to people Mm -hmm. but also there's also things that everybody does to show some level of joy or disgust or satisfaction or like and you see it in almost every situation you know after a great meal you know you'll see people do very similar things like they'll, they'll have very similar mannerisms you know like, and i think that goes a long way when it comes to Grappling in particular, because it is so hands-on. You are literally touching a person on top of them, grappling them, doing everything. And I think if people extrapolate that out into their life, they think about things like, you have a relationship with another person that you care greatly about. Mm -hmm. Their touch to you is everything in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And when people start to think about that, it's like, yeah, like it is really important. And when you start to do grappling, it gives you a a better understanding of, man, we're Mm -hmm. all kind of on the same page in a lot of ways, and we're all kind of doing this in the same way. And it gives you a sense of, especially in this day and age, and what we're going through as a, a collective society, Humanity, a sense of humanity that like, man, like regardless of what your what your job is, that's not you. We're all humans and we're all here learning the same thing. And I think that's a great thing to put in your head because like you said, a lot of people are doing different things. And especially in this, this situation that we're in right now, it's hard to go, hey, we're all in this together and really sincerely mean it at this point because we all have different levels of what we're, we're going through during this situation. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like looking up at the sky like yeah we're all on planet earth like sometimes i don't think people do that enough but i think you know in a roundabout way that it's kind of like crap Like, think we're all human beings and we're all in a we all have reactions to certain things pressure in life and it makes you react a certain way winning whether it be in practice or so on and so forth there's 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 certain levels of that and that can be expressed easily through training jiu-jitsu, I guess. If you think about it that way, yeah, I totally see it.
0: Yeah. I, you, you said a couple of things I want I to say before I keep going. You, you yeah. mentioned that it's the first time you actually mentioned the term winning. Um, yeah. And I know it's kind of like this like delicate thing. I've had some conversations with Chris Palmasano, who's on here now, who's a, a student of yours. And we talk about this idea, you know, people getting really caught up on this idea of winning because um, we were we talked a lot about failure in the beginning um, and I know there are some other teachers who are listening and will listen to this and students really get caught up on this idea of winning like winning whatever the task is or the technique or winning the 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 role any type of thing how do you approach that idea because it plays a role in jujitsu? jitsu yeah um, when you communicate your students but also like where, and maybe how do you weight it with this idea of of play? And I know like, I don't mean playfulness, like giggly, laughy things, but like education is happening in jujitsu and in all these other things that we do, dance, whatever, around when you're playful. And then there's a moment where the playfulness needs to jump over to like a winning mindset. How do you kind of like juggle that thing? Because I know it's a delicate thing, especially in the world you exist in.
1: Sure. Uh, to me, they're one of the same in a lot of ways, winning and being playful. Like I try never to use the word playful just because I think it's gotten a bad, like, it's gotten a bad rap around jiu And And I agree, like it shouldn't be. You're, when you come into practice and in combat sports, you're, you're really there to, for a lot of reasons. A lot of people are there for a lot of reasons. It's their exercise, it's their therapy, it's you know, fill in the blank. Um, but that's also the great thing about it. Winning can mean a lot of different things to you when you come in there. It's not necessarily, I gotta beat so-and-so, I gotta choke so-and-so, I gotta take down Mm so-and-so to have a a satisfactory level of practice. Winning sometimes may be like, my day was trash. Everything went wrong. It couldn't be any worse if I wanted it to be. I don't wanna go to practice. But you showed up. And practice was, whether it was great, good, Bad, you showed up. In that, in and of itself, you can take the ways win. right? Mm-hmm. And I always try to emphasize that when I talk to my students about things. And they're like, "Man, I just didn't have it today. I've just been. I didn't get any sleep." Coach, they say things like that, and I look at them. I go, "My expectations for you are you doing your best. If you doing your best today was your day was garbage, but you showed up, that's a win, man. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you got to take that and go that it is what it is for today." Mm -hmm. But that's not forever. And that goes for having a successful day on the mats, in practice, or in competition, Mm -hmm. whatever. You cannot ride that high or that low into the following next effort that you give. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be reproducible. And it's a false sense of security either way. Whether you go, man, I'm never going to get this right. If you keep telling yourself that, it's like that, that's not really beneficial to you. And if you tell yourself, I'll hit this every time, that's not beneficial in a way either. Because it's like nothing is commanding that to be accurate except for your effort. So your consistent effort showing up, winning in that way is the greatest way to go about it. Now, finding other wins on top of that and collecting as many as possible is what I always tell people mm-hmm. they should be trying to do it could be a zero-sum game for you, meaning I want everything. I want to be able to show up consistently. I want to be able to progress consistently. I want to be able to win every round, whatever way they're looking at that winning. That's fine. I want them to have that attitude. But I understand that life happens, and life is not always going to be kind to you getting into the gym. Mm-hmm. So instead of just going, if, if it's all or nothing, why don't you take what you got? in that situation in the positive. But you should also accept the negative as beneficial too in that situation. That can help you win in the future. And I keep that in perspective for people too. I go, listen, the mistakes you're making right now may help you become so much better and avoid other mistakes that would be way more detrimental to your progress later. So don't look at this as just a, hey, if I'm only doing the right thing, am I progressing or I'm winning or I'm doing the best I can. Let me be able to process this information and process this day and process this effort to be able to go, I'm going to win the next day. I'm going to win the next effort. I'm going to win that. You always want to have a winning attitude. Like I Listen, no matter how many times I've been down about things, whether it's losing, whether it's being personal dissatisfactions in my life or any of the circumstances that people go through as just being a human being, I've always found a way to be like, man, we're doing this tomorrow. The sun is going to come up. And I'm going to show up because that's the only way that you can guarantee yourself that you can win and winning again. like I said, people, people want to define that any way they want to define it, but take those things and allow them to be good. And don't always hold yourself to yesterday's situation because it might've been good. It might've been bad, but that might, but that doesn't necessarily correlate to the next day. Always look to win the next day somehow and give yourself that opportunity. Right.
0: Well, it's like a redefining of the term winning, right? It's almost yeah. like yeah. winning can be everything as long as you keep going.
1: And I think people look at that or listen to that statement and be like, that's kind of like a new age way of, of looking at things. I don't think it is because I think, it's, I think it's the way everyone has looked at it because it's allowed people to get through the lowest parts of their life since you know, the human race has been on planet Earth. I think it's a fighting spirit. And I think, again, that embodies martial arts in and of itself. I think that's a great way to do it. Now, there is some de- – like, listen, when you lose a match, you lost the match. Whether you got hosed by the ref or you, the other person was just better than – you lost. You have to accept that, too. And you shouldn't accept that as, like, yeah, that's the ultimate. Like, I'm done. I'm, this is garbage. I'm trashed or something like that. You can kick the can and then pick yourself back up there is definite like looking like that guy in practice for that email just beat me up. Okay. Like you can, you can process that information as real cut and dry black and white, but it also can help you get better to get, get more That's wins. The
0: point. Like you don't want to pretend like it didn't happen because then you're denying that valuable information there. Hundred percent. Right? Like a skateboarder who's trying to learn how to ollie and every time they fuck up, they're like pretending like that didn't happen. When you're like, no, 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 you need to take that you information didn't. and use it to like get better here
1: yeah and that 's why I think it's really important to take those to take those things that you 're not happy with that you wouldn't consider wins and still process it into helping you get better in the future. I have multiple students who are just insufferable with their annoying believing in themselves it 's annoying the way that they believe in themselves to a certain degree and i and i punish them over it because they talk to me in a way that it's like it's so braggadocious and it's a just a form of trolling and in, in camaraderie and I understand that. It, but it's I appreciate it because they know that they're not gonna quit. So on a long enough timeline, what they're saying is highly likely to come true. And I really appreciate because it, it always makes me laugh. It always makes me smile. I go, I love that. I go, I love it. And I love beating on you when you say this crazy stuff now. Because one day Maybe you'll be beating on me. And ultimately, I hope that is the case. And I tell them that all the time. I go, so I'm going to beat you up while I can. And right. I go, because one day you, you're going to trash talk me and you're going to really be able to back it up. <laughs> <laughs> but right now it's like this, like this incorrigible, like you can't tell them anything. And there's, there's a lot of beauty in that because there is so many people that kind of walk around and just are kind of like Eeyore, they're just whole humming about things and they're not loving life. But I think if they kind of take a better perspective of it, just as in like you're saying, the brain can be anything, accept your failure and process it for what it is, but it can help you get better in the future. And that in and of itself is great too.
0: Um, the kind of we're kind of around the area of that thing I was talking about in the beginning when I was introducing you, saying that one of the things that people talk a lot about is your is your work ethic. You know, like I've heard the things where it's like, you know, you'll you'll do like three or four training sessions a day or whatever. And then you teach like three or four classes a day, like teaching class seven days a week, like this like real diehard work ethic. And I'm with you. Like I, I train six days a week. I teach all the time, like do the whole thing. I, I talk a lot about and think a lot about uh, this idea of discipline. And again, like societal issues around discipline, self-control, um, you know, it's no coincidence that the term discipline is synonymous with practice. Right. And we often use the word practice for like whatever the thing is that we do. Sure. Um, do you feel like people are missing this discipline? Do you think that there's a discipline issue? Do you, you know, how do you approach it as a teacher kind of instilling pride in practice, and pride, and discipline—you um, know, any of
1: these things. Yeah, of course. Uh, there's a lot. I can, I can say a lot about that, and I actually do a lot because, like you said, it is something in this in this time that we're alive right now. Right? Mm-hmm. There is people who are spread really thin, and they feel overwhelmed, and if they feel like they can't do things really well or to the thing that they feel like they. They, they should be able to do it. They kind of like brush it off or treat it very casually.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I tell them that you're empowering yourself by being as consistent as you can with practice by because it's what you want to do.
0: Yeah.
1: So I shame them constantly with calling them plugs when they don't show up to practice. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something there's both of my programs share. Um, uh, with like uh, messengers? Like they have a, like a they like a, a messenger, like this long message board going on right now. And someone was talking something in like crazy terms this morning, just joking. And I was like, listen, if if a good happy hour shows up, half of you are coming to practice in the night. I go, are you guys kidding me with this? You know, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Mm-hmm. And you know, everyone laughs, but it's true. I think that people lack not much so much discipline, but I think people's lives are driven by comfort yeah and people are constantly they live by that you only live once moniker and that means i should always push the most comfortable thing or the most satisfying gratifying thing instantly yeah. into yeah whatever that is but if whether it be food or you know any of their vices or things like that and they're constantly going like i need to do this i deserve this and I catch myself if I use the word deserve I catch myself and I immediately go back because if I'm trying to pay a compliment to somebody the greatest compliment I can pay them in my mind is like you earned that mm-hmm. because it was a direct correlation between your effort your self-belief the people around you there was there was a community in and of itself helping you because they rallied around what you were doing and I think that goes a long way for people I want I love saying you earned it. And I try not to diminish their effort by saying you deserve that. I don't think like it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But I just think des- like people have taken the word deserved and really bastardize it to mean, yeah, I should do whatever I want. Right. I want to lay here today. I shouldn't do whatever I want. I did this. It's like, yeah, but did you really deserve that? Or would you prefer to earn that? Because I don't know in my life, Everything that I've earned and anything worth having, I've had to earn, and it's come at a great amount of discipline and self-sacrifice, and putting and delaying the things that would be easier behind me and constantly be driven by the things that are going to be more difficult, but will ultimately satisfy me on a, on a, on a, on a level that the other things couldn't, Right. And I think that that, for people like yourself and myself, and it goes a long way. It goes, it's everything. I shouldn't say it goes a long way because that's not even paying it the credit that it really does. It's everything. It's everything to us. Not only what we do is what we relate to as like, that's our personality. Like, that's a huge part of our personality. But our effort in what we do is everything. Like, you can't take that away from me. Life can strip you of everything, but you can't take that away from me. You can't tell me that I didn't do what I did to get there. Mm-hmm. And I think now more than ever, I think people would really benefit from that because I think that would empower them. going back to what I said, like being empowered, like I think that really would help them. You, you find that mental health is a thing that is talked about a lot now because I think a lot of people are shifting their view on life. It's like, man, it's like, it's not society being so bad to you. It's like maybe you're just not satisfying yourself in the way that you need to to feel Like you're alive like to feel happy about whatever it is you may have to forego what people consider a normal life Mm -hmm. to be happy and i burned that bridge many years ago and i've been i've never been happier you know the the ability to be able to sustain life and thrive doing what i'm doing makes me happier than anything else yeah because ultimately it goes a long way because there's a direct correlation between my day-to-day effort and what I get out of it. And as I mentioned before, it's very cyclical. Like that effort makes me happy. Me being happy makes me work harder and I can immediately be, just feel different than I would if I was doing something, I was just like, Hey, I'm doing it for the paycheck. Or I'm doing it because now I'm just going to, I worked out, let me eat two pounds of spaghetti now. Like, it's like, Oh, okay. Well, I understand. Like you want to get a reward for this, but do you, do you want the reward to be everlasting or do you want it to be momentary?
0: Right. Well, it's like the people who talk, use that term deserve a lot think that the first stop on the road is supposed to be happiness, right? People who embrace the term earned, they're like, Oh, there's this stop called discomfort that comes before happiness. Yeah. You got to drive yeah. right through like Discomfortville to get to like happiness
1: town. And I think what helps people through that too is as soon as they accept that that's a daily thing. Yeah. Because not every day is going to be easy. Like I, it's <clears> rare <throat> that I feel like my day was easy. I feel like some of them are easier than the other ones, but I don't look at myself and go, yeah, today was easy, man. Like no problem. I, you know, taking the subway and the, you know, all the different other trains I got to take multiple times in multiple different facilities. Yeah, that was easy today. Training multiple times, taking sweaty clothes off a hundred times, putting other clothes back on to then do the same thing, the shower multiple times. Like, I don't know where that would fit into somebody's definition of easy Yeah. at all. But at the same time, I understand that. Like I accept that every day, like to get to be where I'm at in life to be as happy as I am with my overall body of work. It requires that, that, you know, that sacrifice every day, which is, yeah, there is no, there is no easy anymore. There is no comfortable. Like I, like the Hulk says in the Avengers, like I'm always angry. Like that's his secret. Like I'm always uncomfortable. That's my secret. Like I kind of accepted that as my mantra. Like I'm always uncomfortable. Like, or someone's like, oh man, I kind of feel good today. And I look at him and I'm like, I haven't felt good since 98. Like, I don't know what <laughs> yeah. you're talking about. Like, I just always say that type of stuff because yeah, it's ingest and I love making people laugh when we're training and things like that. But it's also true. Like, yeah. I accepted that many years ago that there is no way to be good at something, really good at something with just going, yeah, today was easy. Like, yeah. you're going to you're gonna have to earn it every day.
0: For, those, for, for people who are listening who don't do jiu-jitsu or have never done jiu-jitsu or don't know anybody who does jiu-jitsu, I mean, for Dan to train the way that he does, like he's lugging around three wet gis at any given time. Like, a, and a gi alone probably weighs like, I don't know, a wet one, like six or seven pounds. I have no idea. Something like that. Some nah, I think one would, well, on I think dry one, from that. One place to another, yeah. Yeah, you're like some like jiu-jitsu sherpa
1: yeah more or less and in the way i ride the subway and all the other trains subterranean, i feel like master splinter half the time i'm like yeah. I'm in rags i'm tattered i've been wearing the same sweatpants forever because i'm a creature of habit i won't buy new ones and stuff and yeah. it also that allows me to disguise myself amongst the the hoboes in the subway and things like that so i'm not bothered yeah. um, it, it it really it really is just kind of like this is what life is and the beauty of that and I equate this many times when I'm talking about to it is like when life was different many, many years ago for people, when they just had one job. Like if you look at a beautiful piece of Renaissance artwork, mm-hmm. maybe not Renaissance is a good period, but a period where they were just doing one particular thing. Because Renaissance, I think they were doing multiple things well, or trying to at least, mm-hmm. like the Dark Ages or something like that. And look at it, you gaze upon it, and you're like, man, that is absolutely stunning in the craftsmanship that went into that is like mind blowing and the detail is just like my god and then you find out someone worked on that for 20 years and then you're like you're totally blown away like you're just like i can't imagine it and then i stop and go yeah i can because it's exactly what i'm doing yeah not to not to like compare yourself to like some like you know great artist or something but you're like i'm trying to do that and it's the same way if you went to a local bakery somewhere that has been there forever, to pick a part of the world, doesn't make a difference. You know, everyone has a favorite bakery for whatever reason, you know what I mean? And they'll go, listen, that person's been making the same type of bread for 30 plus years. And they go in there every day and they get up at four in the morning, whatever time it is, some crazy time, and they've been doing it. And they're just refining that over and over and over again. And they're, it, that, that's all they do. They're the baker or the blacksmith forever ago. And there is a beauty in that, that now you're sharing that experience that has been part of humanity forever. And I I absolutely love that. It, 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 It blows my mind that that's what it takes. But at the same time, I'm so grateful to be able to have something in my life that is very similar to those people that have dedicated their lives to that. And people find it useful. They take and derive some joy out of it. And it's amazing. Like to me, that's just like, it it blows my mind, but I love it. Like, that's what, it's like totally satisfying to me because it is.
0: I was going to say, and I appreciate that you use that word craftsmanship, you know, that means that like, you, you know, it's not just a project. It's something that it's got, it really has a piece of you in it, you know, and that's, that's, that's a great way to, to attack anything as, as a real craftsman rather than as somebody who's just like you said, kind of showing up for a paycheck.
1: Yeah. Long after any sort of notoriety is over with of any sort on any level, I I will still be doing the same thing. Like Mm -hmm. I tell people that constantly, whether it's one person here or hundreds, I I constantly will be doing this because it is what I enjoy doing. And I think there is no end to this in in my perspective. Like when people talk about it being perfect and things like that, that's the goal. You're chasing it. But I don't think it's attainable, but I think the only way to get as close as any human can mm-hmm. is a daily consistent effort. Mm-hmm. And whether it's just thinking about it in addition to doing it, or just on your day of rest, when you're just thinking about it, it's all consuming. It's what makes you and myself and people like I chase that endlessly in a and hope that it will continue into the end of our life in this life form because that's what really gives us that energy to keep doing it. It's what keeps us alive. It's, you know, you hear people talk about like, that's your spark, that's your flame in life. You hear people like use that all the time. And it's like, yeah, for lack of a better term, sure. That's my fire in life. Like, that's what I enjoy. That's what keeps me going. I absolutely, I love it. And I love sharing it with people. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind carrying 15 geese yeah, I'll, I, I will complain out loud. I'll complain to anyone that wants to listen. I'll complain to myself. I complain to everybody about it. I complain to my wife who's waving at me right now saying I complain to her about it. Like <laughs> I complain about doing exactly what I enjoy doing because it is so much effort, but it's still a beautiful thing.
0: I have one more question. Um, and then if there's anybody here who, who feels like they want to ask something, I'll, I'll open it up, but I, I have one more. Um, you're somebody who is a in the world that I exist in, where we're kind of exploring being like a high-level generalist. You're a specialist, right? You're an expert at a, at at a thing. Do you and you don't? And the answer doesn't have to be yes. Even um, you talked about, you know, it is uncomfortable for you to like, you know, move from one place to another and just the world that exists in the periphery of your jujitsu life. Mm-hmm. Do you go to any realms that make you feel like a beginner at this point are there any places that you go to feel like do you go and do the dance class or do you ever go and do uh, like whatever skateboard or whatever the thing is, is There's somewhere where you go nowadays to to feel that beginner's mindset again
1: not typically and mm-hmm. what I mean by that is I do find myself learning about things in my free time I because of how much I have to commute back and forth on the trains and things throughout the day. I do find myself reading about a lot of different things that interest me that are not specific to combat sports in, in particular, judo or jujitsu. I do find myself reading about those things, but I don't find myself necessarily spending an huge amount of time outside of just the commuting because I am so <laughs> introspective about feeling I can make what I'm doing better, mm-hmm. and I'm always chasing that. Okay. Now that makes me a one-sided schlep in a lot of ways, <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like, in a, in ways, my life commands that, mm-hmm. and it's not something I go, oh, I can't be bothered with anything else. Like I like I'm not interested in things, or like they're beneath me, or they're like that. No, that's not it at all, not at all, Like, because there's, a, I find a ton of things fascinating, but nothing is as fascinating as what I do, and nothing drives me as much as what I do, and I just find, like, I'm endlessly trying to get better, that's why I still, even though I run my own two programs, I still am a student at a separate gym, I insist on having a place where I can go and get, re, get critiqued and refine things and get different perspectives and help myself get better and things along those lines because I don't think anything's ever enough. I don't think I'm ever doing enough. And I find like I'm consumed with that. And I don't do it because I feel like other people who are good at what they do, do that as well. Because I find that there's people that are very good at things that don't do that, that find that there's a, uh, or for not not really having another good, like, Example off the top of my head, but there is a story about Samurais used to get up in the morning and They would have breakfast with their families and then they would go out and they would practice archery And they would practice archery from different distances and they would only do things Until they were successful So they would not go. Oh, I got to do this all day to be successful. They would shoot from different distances and once they hit the target at that distance, they were done with it. That was it. They were done with it. And I know people that play guitar professionally that they play here and there throughout the day, and then they surf a lot of the day. You know, they spend especially on their downtime when they're not getting ready to record an album or something or go on tour. They're just like, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? And then there's other people that are in the same vein in that same musicians like that's all they do they're kind of like me they, it's like they, they they feel like they're not doing that they're not doing themselves the service that could be done mm-hmm. but you know that i do find myself just always gravitating back to what i do like how can i make myself stronger as i get older how can i make myself more conditioned when i'm not teaching and training how can i do like i think like i moved a full gym into our house <laughs> um Even when we were just living in Brooklyn for all those years, I had like a basically a full gym in our apartment then. So it's it's just been one of those things that I'm like, this is all consuming to me. So as much as I enjoy other things, they just don't take up nearly as much time as I do. Because I would like them to. Sometimes I do like I would like to see myself painting more or writing more, even though I do try to do those things. I just don't do them. Anywhere near a level of competency, or what I would probably like to do
0: mm-hmm. hey, I like it, I think it's a good answer, and I also think that when the world clears up, we will have a movement class where Dan Koval participates yeah, I would love that actually yeah. I would love that yeah. we'll do it we'll'll we'll, we'll exchange a little bit. Yeah, um, if, uh, we've, we've run a few minutes over here and I know I don't want to eat up everybody's day, especially on a holiday weekend, but I want to make sure just in case if anybody has a question, um, you can like uh, raise your hand on the little chat thing or you can just type it in if you have a question, but if nobody has questions, I totally understand. Um, uh, but if anyone has one for Dan, this is your chance. Um, Dan, are you doing any sort of like access online or anything? for people like where they can find you all the all the details about like all the
1: things my my instagram is really easy because instagram allows you to message me directly but it also has our website and also has our programs information things like that on there so if there's ever anything that you need to know instagram is one of the easiest things to do um or go to to find information because i traditionally post daily i've been posting techniques throughout this whole entire situation i've been fortunate enough that i have people that were all in the same health boat meaning we have the same health consideration stuff they were able to train and everything like that so i'm still trying to share jujitsu with the people that are able to do jiu or consume it even at whatever level they're able to in this situation so instagram's good it's all linked to facebook to facebook and things like that but all of that stuff seems to be like really just one thing <laughs> <laughs> like, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or, you know, Facebook, they're all kind of, if you post on one, they're almost kind of all like, yeah, we got they, it. They go everywhere. Yeah, it goes everywhere. It's kind of like a, like a spore. It goes everywhere, yeah.
0: And it's just com or Jitsu. I
1: think it's Jitsu, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. I think okay. it's Jitsu, the Instagram handle. And that's funny because I don't even like, again, I'm, I'm just like almost every human being. I say that I don't spend much time on like social media especially, but I can't I catch myself perusing it all the time. I should know that cold. I, should, I don't even know why I have to think about it. <laughs> but, think it's, yeah, a,
0: it's getting to a point where, like, where people don't even remember their own phone numbers anymore, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 100%, it's exactly the same thing. Yeah, but it's staying cool with jiu-jitsu. That has everything. If you like jiu-jitsu and you like random pictures of my dogs, then mm-hmm. <laughs> you like Instagram what i'm
0: posting one thing i noticed i i I think when i started following you it's like you start seeing things that other people like or if you follow something and someone likes something that you also follow them so i think one of the first things i noticed was that uh i follow metallica and then i think i saw you like something that metallica posted so i was like oh man dan's into metallica so
1: you know know it's funny that you mentioned that because it's been one of those it's been combat sports and Metallica since I was like a kid. Like those two things have been constant themes my entire life. And We've used different iterations of Metallica, a sayings or the logo and my different, um, you know, like line of clothing that we produce produced for our teams and stuff like that over the years, because it has been such a thing. And I'm such a metalhead. I love all different types of music, but Metallica's has just been like one of those things I've loved since I was a kid. So. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, I got to see them twice in like one year. I got to see them in San Francisco and it was only like a thousand people in like a little theater.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: I saw them at was it
1: their 30th anniversary tour <laughs> or the 30th anniversary show that they did when it was like just like a few nights back to back or something like that?
0: Something like that. Or I think it was maybe it was like there was like for their new album, they were just trying to like try gotcha. it out, you know? Uh, but then I saw him at MetLife too, which was like the seventy thousand people, like the whole thing, which is always cool to see, like a real like rock show in yeah. a, in a uh, like a stadium like that. Sure is. Um, uh, we have one person who has a question. Now that we brought up Metallica, uh, <laughs> it's it's just funny. He just says, "How how has Metallica influenced your practice?"
1: Uh, that's a good, I don't really, I've never, <laughs> I've never thought of that. I've never thought of that. But, uh, if I had to, if I had to try to tie them together is um, uh, I would want to be thought of as, as them in general in our practice we are like hard charging. We're very focused. We keep it. The reason we're there, we're, we're there to get good at it combat sports everything is in the periphery when you go to see metallica or you listen to metallica you for the most part know what you're getting Mm -hmm. and that in and of itself is it's very reassuring to me if people turn on like master of puppets they know what they're getting when they come to one of my practices they know they're not getting the bowing and the thing they know they're getting takedowns and hard training and training for a purpose so that those two things i think you could run parallels too. I dig that.
0: Yeah, you should You should uh, have everybody like um, sing a Master of Puppets or For Whom the Bell Tolls every time you're about to enter onto the mat instead of bowing, <laughs> that's what it should be.
1: Yeah, I try to avoid that uh, that self-feeding <laughs> ego stuff. But yeah, that would be fun if they just did it on their own. That, <laughs> I would I'd would join Raven right I would love that.
0: Amazing. Dan, I can't thank you enough for doing this, for one. I hope we get to chat again at some point. It doesn't even have to be recorded. I feel like we have a lot to talk about. I hope that we get to go to a Metallica show at some point together. That would be fun.
1: Maybe a that.
0: And, and I also believe um, when the world gets doing gets to doing its thing again, um, you know, I, I hope that I get to come and participate in your program because uh, after this conversation, I feel really. You know, excited about you as a teacher and and wanting to participate in 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 that experience as a student with you because I um, I don't know it, it it sounds like you've put a lot of thought and passion in into that part of your discipline, not just the discipline of being a, a BJJ practitioner. And I just have a lot of respect for that man.
1: I really appreciate it, Kyle. Thank you for having me. And dude, you're welcome anytime. I'd love to go to a show and hang out and just chat in general, man. So anytime. Awesome. Anytime.
0: I'll well, have a good weekend and we'll be in touch. Thank you guys, everybody who jumped on. A, v- a bunch of people are jumping. Uh, Chris Palmasano says that was great. Thanks so much. Um, so thank no. you, dude. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Kyle.
0: All right, have a good one. Bye, everybody.
1: Bye, everyone.